Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Tuesday afternoon in New York City. Coming off the holiday weekend, the three-day weekend. We were here yesterday with plenty to talk about. It's Pat O'Keefe in for Alan Hahn, who has the week off with Bart Scott this week. Uh, Bart doesn't have the week off, so uh, pleasure to be alongside. Um, we've got Major League Baseball spring training in camp. Full teams, Mets and Yankees and Juan Soto and expectations and, well, in my opinion, a little bit of apathy for once. A uh, rare feeling around spring training, especially for the Yankees in Tampa that we'll get into. We're now two days away from the NBA season resuming as the last couple of days of the All-Star break wind down. And, you know, unlike, you know, for example, Major League Baseball, where the All-Star game comes roughly at the midpoint of the season and even more so in the NHL regular season, we're two-thirds of the way done in the NBA. So it really is go time. And for the Knicks, it's kind of the same rhythms every single year. You get to the All-Star break, and you come out of the break, you have 20 to 25 to 30 games to go in the regular season, and always included in that, if you're the Knicks, is a lot of road games, and usually a West Coast road trip, which the Knicks always have during the Big East tournament, which comes in and takes over Madison Square Garden. So the Knicks come back for a couple of weeks, then they head out West, and before you know it, you're in your final 15 games of the regular season, and this year, just like last year for the Knicks, it's about positioning yourself for a spot in the playoffs. But even more so this year because the expectations for the Knicks have been ratcheted up with the moves that they made uh, both just before the new year, the trade with the Toronto Raptors, and then, of course, just ahead of the trade deadline with the Detroit Pistons. You've got your starting five. You've got your bench rotation. You really, if you have everybody... You don't have a lot of holes in your roster. The only way that you have holes in your roster is if those guys are not able to play, which for the last couple of weeks has been the point. You know, you got to get Randall and Ananobi back. They're the two most important pieces that are out right now. You have a little bit of a lesser concern about DiVincenzo and about Isaiah Hartenstein and about Boyan Bogdanovich from what you heard from Tom Thibodeau in the last game before the All-Star break. The expectation is for those guys to be back this week, hopefully. Hopefully as early as Thursday when the Knicks resume play against the Philadelphia 76ers. But the key for the Knicks, I think, is to avoid the number 4 spot in the Eastern Conference. You want to avoid the Celtics for as long as you possibly can. So that means getting up into that 2-3 spot that's currently occupied by the Cavaliers and the Bucks. And Bart, unlike in recent years... You know, for the Knicks, the focus is obviously number one, getting healthy, but the focus for once isn't getting into the playoffs. The focus isn't avoiding the play in tournament. The focus is getting a specific seed in the playoffs to try to get the best possible matchup to see if you could really make some noise in the postseason. Yeah, exactly. To your point, you know, health is the key. Um, this team has shown that it has tremendous depth. And the reason why I think that they'll be able to succeed once they get back, you talk about Randall. 
Dislocated shoulder, none. Shooting arm, to me, is not a big concern. You know, a couple weeks ago, I told you exactly what the procedure was going to be for OG as I had the same surgery. As far as just a clean out, it's not anything structurally wrong with it. Sometimes you get, you know, um, bone spurs or calcium deposits within it and, it, and it affects the ability to shoot the arm. And sometimes they get stuck in between stuff. So it was more important for him to get that cleaned out and get healthy. But it's a it's an easy recovery. You know, what you talk about is during the regular season, the type of energy that it's going to take to play at a sustained level. I have no problems with the Knicks once they get healthy and stand, you know, playing at a high level because they play so hard. So they'll win a lot of games based off of just scheduling wins, based because they play hard and now they have more depth than most teams. You know, you can argue that you can argue to say that, you know, the Knicks are the deepest team in the Eastern Conference. And I think that showed you something, and, and, and Achua showed you something that I don't think you would have saw if OG didn't get hurt. So now he's a guy that you can consider is a very um, reliable player that can come in and give you defense and offense, and he, wasn't, he wouldn't have been able to do that if OG hadn't gone down. So now coming back, you won't have to ask him for that many minutes. So that means he can play at a higher level, right? If somebody gets in foul trouble, if somebody needs a day off, you can schedule some load management within there if you're tipped, trying to get guys that have played a lot of minutes, whether it's DiVincenzo, finding ways you know, with Burke to be able to steal minutes for Brunson as he can kind of stay, stay up to par, but also getting those rotations together. right? When you think about getting a rotation and getting these guys the opportunity to play together and understanding now you have scheme versatility if you're the Knicks. You can, you can, you can put out guys that have length. All of a sudden, now you have limp athleticism. If Mitch Robinson comes back, that gives you a big um, deterrent, um, a great offensive rebounder. But then what Hardenstein has done and shown you that, hey, man, we, we got a piece that we may have to sign going forward and spend some of that, that, that money that we have because he's such a value piece and he's outplayed his contract. But he gives you tremendous athleticism, something that Mitch Robinson can't give you as far as an offensive threat when you talk about you know being able to play pick and rolls as well but also being able to give you some semblance of an offense so teams can't load up and play five against four. I like where the Knicks are at, and I'm not concerned with them getting healthy. Um, you know, the teams that are ahead of them, you worry about them staying healthy. Um, you know, the only one that surprised me is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nobody saw this coming as far as them playing this well. Um, Mitchell Robinson playing at a um, MVP caliber type of um, level for the last month and a half. And you know, but you know, but with them, you've proven that you're too tough for them, that you match up well against them. But to your point, you want to stay away from the Boston Celtics at all, you know, you know, at, you know possible. I'm not worried about Philadelphia with 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 um, with Embiid. Who knows if he even comes back? I mean, who knows if they don't just shut him down and say, "Hey, we got to figure something else out." They're in line for another third star. I know they teased and and, and reached out about LeBron as well. You know, they have the money to try and see what falls and shakes loose. The last thing they can risk is being able to have to have him have a major surgery because they push him too fast, too far. And then when they get that that second star, they don't have the most important piece was a perennial MVP candidate. The thing is, when you look at the Knicks and you just really got to compare them against what they're up against in the Eastern Conference. And the Celtics are in their own category. I agree with you when you said that the Knicks have the most depth in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics have the best starting five by far in the Eastern Conference. 
Injuries, though, are a big issue there because what makes their starting five so successful is Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Exactly. Who's one of the most injury-prone players in the NBA. Al Horford, in his role as the backup big man, the, the sixth man on that team, is perfectly suited for that role. Can he fill minutes as the starting center? Sure, but if you have to put Horford in at center in place of Chris Stapp's Porzingis in the playoffs, then that dramatically changes what the Celtics are capable of. With Porzingis, the Celtics are a notch above everyone else. But that's my point about wanting to avoid them as long as possible because crazy things can happen. Yeah, you want them to wear down. You want them to have to go through some battles. Who knows if it's going to be the Miami Heat or is it going to be the Indiana Pacers. You want them to try and chip away at what they are, beat up on them a little bit, and when you see them, hopefully they're not whole and hopefully you're whole, and then you you can beat them down by attrition. Porzingis takes a fall in a second-round series, and all of a sudden he's out for a conference finals against the Knicks. That changes everything. Um, one through The Knicks 1 through 12 even. I'll go 12 if Mitchell yeah. Robinson is healthy. Those are all guys who can play, which is interesting because there's going to be guys who have been a big part of the rotation in recent weeks that, if everybody's healthy, are not going to be part of the equation in the playoffs. I mean, you've got your starting five of Brunson and DiVincenzo, OG, Randall, and let's keep Hartenstein in there for now. You have Josh Hart off the bench. You have Boyan Bogdanovich off the bench. Alec Burks. So that's eight deep right there. Yeah. Tibbs likes to go nine deep. That leaves one more spot for a backup big. Is it Mitchell Robinson? Does it, he come back? It depends on who you're playing. If not, it's Precious but, Achua. But, but that's the beauty. It depends on who you're options. playing. He's got right. options. It, it, may be, it, may be, it may be serious where you say, well, you know what? You know, Mitchell, we're going to go with Hartenstein, a little bit more athleticism, and we're going to go and try and spread these guys out, put more shooting out there. You have that ability now because you got OG and you got Achua, guys who have tremendous length that can rebound, defend, and you can match up. You can go small if you need to, if that's the best matchup, to go small and see what they do and what what their counter to what you're doing is. That's what I love about being able to go so deep. You get an opportunity to, to be able to steal minutes, but you get an opportunity to match up and make them adjust. If you can't beat them going big, then you can go small and see how they adjust then. And then, you know, then we see where it falls there. So I love where the Knicks are at. Uh, I know everybody wants them to have superstars. I, so often I compare them to the 2004 Pistons team that had tremendous depth, that didn't have a bunch of superstars, but had a bunch of stars, and they played well together, and everybody really achieved their and, and, and relished in their, goal, in their, in their role. And, you know, in, in this instance, you know, the, the role of Ben Wallace would be played by, you know, M- Mitchell Robinson. You know, the, the, the role of Rasheed Wallace would be played by Julius Randle. The, the role of, you know, Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot would be played by Brunson. The, the, the role of, uh, of Rip Hamilton would be DiVincenzo. You know, Corliss Williamson would be played by, you know, you think about... Um, uh, uh, Precious Ajua. Yeah, Precious true. You think about Hartenstein... Hardenstein be mimic a core, right? I, I can go on and on. This team Tayshaun Prince me, right, is OG Ananobi. Exactly. So, you know, it, it reminds me so much of this team. And you have a defensive-minded coach as well and a guy who's been around and knows how to win in tight series and devise defensive plans, you know, against some of the best, um, you know, lineups in, in basketball. By the way, that 2004 Pistons team that, you know, the legend has grown through the years – that they're the the one NBA championship team in the last what, Team, right, 30 team. years that didn't have a superstar. 
they have a Hall of Famer already. Ben Wallace is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And rarely do do a guy that just played defense go to the Hall I know. of Fame. And the Hall yeah. of Fame the is, Hall of Fame in basketball is it's, so it's, easy I, to I get into it. And like, Chauncey geez. Billups just got nominated as a finalist for the Hall of Fame this year. So yeah, it's like, come on. For a team that doesn't that didn't have any superstars, uh, they, they are on their way to having a second Hall of Famer. Um, as part of that team, but that's besides the point. But no, you, you're 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 correct in your assessment of the Knicks right there, and for and it's different than if you want to compare it to the last two playoff teams they had last year and even three years ago when they went where you got to the playoffs. Both of those times, even last year when they went to the second round of the playoffs, once you got there and you realized the intensity of the games and what was really at stake and what it took. I think you realized last year that the team didn't have as many options as you would have liked. And I always go back to the end of the season last year, the final game that they played in Miami in Game 6, where they tried to keep their season alive, and they fell behind, and they had a furious comeback in the fourth quarter, and it was literally the Jalen Brunson show. Randall wasn't 100% healthy. He didn't score in the fourth quarter. R.J. Barrett had a 1-for-10 game going in the fourth quarter of that last game of the season last year. Only one Nick, Josh Hart, with about a minute to go, had a field goal in the final period. So you got to the point where you're two steps away from the conference finals, but you ran out of options. Your options last year were Jalen Brunson. And this year with DiVincenzo as part of the mix and Ananobi, hopefully a a healthy Randall, not to mention Bogdanovich and Burks off the bench. Those are much more options of guys who can score. And what that does is that opens up the court because now DiVincenzo can shoot. Right, you you look at you know OG in the corner pocket, eight ball corner pocket. He can shoot, so it opens up the court. I, I feel like last year with Mitchell Robinson, sometimes you know he he was in the same place in the real estate that Julius Randle wanted to be. So then now you just got two guys, and now they just sucked sucked in on 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 Brunson, and they knew that you know one two dribble here comes the spin, and they played the spin. And how many times did we see you know them you know run late? Late uh, double teams at Julius Randle, and it was too late for him to find the open man. And it was you know over and over again. We saw last year, we saw a team that you know very similar to the team that they have this year, the Knicks have, in the Miami Heat just catch fire and just play great defensive basketball and go all the way to the NBA Finals. So I mean, it, it, like you said, I want to I want to uh, avoid Boston as all, at all costs, but I'm not afraid of Milwaukee. Milwaukee doesn't play defense, and you know. Doc Rivers, that doesn't seem like a good match already. You you hear, you know, you you hear um, Giannis talking about, well, you know, this is my third or fourth coach in the last three years, and starting to plant those seeds of feeling sorry for yourself. They don't really have the ability with Dame Dollar to play defense. So like, you know, right now all these teams, everybody's putting up all these points, but none of these teams really can bite down and get a stop. And the Knicks are one of these teams that are built to be able to get stops, to be able to match up with your athletic, you know, fronts and your wings and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, you know, when it gets to the playoffs, it becomes more of a half court type of game. Uh, teams are evenly matched. You know, you got the battle of attrition because you're playing back to backs, or you're going, you know, two games here. You're traveling. You know, the opponents get to know each other, know your sets. And you know, I believe in a defensive philosophy of the the Knicks, one of the very few teams that really pay attention and embrace, you know, defense. You know, that's that's going to play well when they look up in the playoffs and other teams don't look like them because they don't believe or they haven't invested heavily in being able to play defense. How one player in, in, in Holiday has been able to, to me, switch the balance of power by going to Boston and the team that he lost looks like a shell of themselves no matter what the record is. 
You know what I mean? They, they're getting by 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 athleticism and just pure star power. That that that's got that's that's going to change as the opponents get better. I'm not afraid of Milwaukee at all. You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that because I I can't believe that Milwaukee allowed that to happen because I I, I don't know why it wouldn't have been a reasonable thing to deduce that the Celtics would have been frothing at the mouth to bring in Drew Holiday once he became available. They, wanted, they, wanted, they, they needed Porzingis because they wanted a big man that gives them shooting, defense. You saw Porzingis affect the first game of the season that I went to in the Garden. Opening night, and, right? And, and yes, oh, yeah. And just how many shots he altered in Brunson and how guys couldn't shoot over him, right? But they, 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 they knew how important and how vital Marcus Smart was to what they did and, and how he brought that leadership – and he led by example, great communicator, big shot maker, right? And they knew they needed to replace that. And Milwaukee gave them the gift that they wanted. They were able to basically lateral move, maybe, you know, the same player as far as great defensive player. I don't know if Drew Holiday is so much better of a offensive player than Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart always made the big shots at the right time. But that's a lateral move. So they basically traded one player, got it. So really, what did they lose from the team from last year? They 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 lost they they lost Smart and they got Holiday who may be an upgrade, and then they were still able to get their big man get rid of Williams with that degenerative knee. Uh, Grant Williams has shown you what a distraction he can. He's be. He's already moved on from right, Dallas. Right, right. They, they, you know, talk about your most punchable face. Like anytime, anytime. <laughs> There's like, a lot of surface area on that yeah, face, by the way. It's Ky- a big Ky- face. Ky- Kyrie, <laughs> the fact that reports were that he was out of shape and that he just talked too much, like. Is is beyond me, but you know you you can you can look at as we look at Doc right there. He, look, he he looks like he don't have the answers. Like <laughs> they just threw something against the wall and they hope that it's stuck. And because they won't have opportunities to practice, how does Doc, you know, get this team where he needs to go? And he's been a guy who got let go because he hasn't been able to get teams over the hump, right? Not since Boston has he been able to get team over the hump. I don't want to call Doc overrated. Uh, he's a friend, right? Uh, well, not of me, but a friend of uh, of the, you know, of the family of ESPN, right? And but he hasn't been able to show up, right? We we remember like what they said about him in Live City. Uh, we remember, you know, him coming up short, uh, um, in um in Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Yep. right? So like, I'm not a worried about him. I love that matchup between him and Tibbs. Right and right now the Knicks are what you know three games back from being in second place. I I don't know if Cleveland can 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 hold on and keep continuing playing at this pace. We'll see. Um, but I I'm not worried about them. I think the Knicks. You know that's what makes the Houston game so tough. That's what makes it so tough because we know it's going to come down. Maybe if we look at that at the end of the year, yeah. And the important thing to mention about the Houston game, though, it's not like the Knicks were in position to win if that call was made. It was going to go to overtime. It's not like they took a win away. But but they were trending, and once they got there, you would think that you know the more veteran team maybe had a chance. Yeah, in overtime, I'm picking the team that has Jalen Brunson on the floor for a five minute period. Um, he's Bart Scott. I'm Pat O'Keefe. In for Allen this week. And this portion of Barton Han is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. 1-800-919-3776. Knicks get the second half of the season or the stretch run of the season, if you will, rolling on Thursday night when they travel to Philadelphia. You know, you mentioned this earlier, and it's it, not that you mentioned it, it, it. This has been mentioned about the Knicks for years that you can't win a 
championship in this league without a star. So what, I guess, constitutes a star? Because obviously they have two all-stars on their team. And Jalen Brunson is getting better and better by the month. I mean, he took such a huge step forward last year. And as I looked at this Knicks team in the offseason leading into his second year as their starting point guard, the clearest path for the Knicks to improve was for Brunson to take his game to another level. That's exactly what he has done. So are we falling back into old habits? And by we, I mean everyone who dissects the Knicks' chances of winning a championship. Are we falling back into old habits by continuing to assume that the Knicks don't have a star capable of leading this team on a strong run? Well, Kenny Smith, obviously TNT Studio Coverage, a guest on the Stephen A. Smith Show, spoke about the Knicks and Jalen Brunson. At the beginning of the year, I made a comment. I said, I don't know if the Knicks could win the Eastern Conference or be in it because they always walk on the floor and having the second best player. Right. And I was like, you play Milwaukee, they got the second best. You play Philadelphia, True. they had the second best. You play Boston. True. But Brunson has narrowed the gap yes, so he has. much. Right. You might be the best player, but, but I'm right not there. far behind you. He's right there. And so now I have talented guys behind me which surpasses what you might have. Mm -hmm. So now that's the difference is Jalen Brunson. We talk about MVP candidate. Yes. He's in the top five. He's there. He's in the top five of being there. He's just shorting the gap. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's not in B. Maybe he's not Giannis. Right. But when he plays, he makes winning plays that separates the gap. Reminds me of Chauncey Billups so much. Right, because Chauncey Billups was a failed star, right? He was a, a failed first round draft pick. Third overall pick in the third, draft. Third overall pick, a failure in, in, in Denver, a failure in Boston. And here comes Larry Brown that says, Hey, you're just right for us. And, you know, he embraced it, right? And he embraced his greatness. And, you know, he got on those piston teams, the ones that went to what, five Eastern Conference finals, right? He, he became the leader. And, when you look at them, I can't, I can't definitively say that it's a huge gap between Jalen Brunson and Jimmy Buckets. And what has Jimmy Buckets done since he's been in Miami? But take them to the finals twice. So, I mean, they, 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 they you know, Jimmy Butler is a star. He's not a superstar. But, man, playoff Jimmy is something else. Playoff Jimmy might be a superstar. Exactly. Yeah. Playoff Jimmy is something else. And when, like I said, when you get to slow it down – and the game slows down a little bit when you think about, you know, half-court game that happens and guys playing and attention to detail and the focus that you have of your team when they know that it's the playoffs. You know, people don't understand his levels that, that it goes to. It. And we saw that Jalen Brunson can take his game up another level when you go to the playoffs. And so I'm excited, man. And listen, for anybody out there, you know, I, I don't know what New York feels. You know, well, I think I know what New York feels. I don't know what other people, other places feel. Right, because they don't get a chance to watch Jalen Brunson as much as we do. But man, like he's proven that, you know, he got that dog in him. And, you know, he, I think he's he's primed and ready. It has been two this been two seasons. He did his thing when you think about, you know, the, the series with Dallas when Luca was out. Last year he showed up. I think this year now he knows. And he knows what to anticipate. He knows, you know, what's gonna happen. And teams aren't gonna be able to do what, what teams have been doing lately when they just you know, pick him up at 80 feet and double him because once he gets his partners back, they'll make you pay for that. Now, you can get away with it now. Yes. But you can't blitz him and try and take him out the game 
it's, it's going to be impossible because he is a guy that understands how to distribute to his teammates. We've seen teams do that to him lately. The Mavericks did it last month. Josh Green was picking him up 94 feet. The Pacers have done that against Brunson. The Knicks have not once been fully whole when they've taken on the Indiana Pacers this season. We really haven't seen, we haven't seen at all, in fact, this entire team with Randall and Ananobi, with Bogdanovich, and with Alec Burks. Even... They, got, they still have two open spots, too. So who knows they do. Who knows what's going to happen in the buyout could, market? Right. I mean, I would love if a guy like P.J. Tucker, like that finally, Depth, like, yeah. you know, somebody just finally you know, takes him out. Um, Bogdanovich and, and Burks have gotten here at a weird time where they're kind of shoehorned into the starting lineup because it's either them or G League guys because right. they're so shorthanded. Let's see what this team looks like when everyone is playing the roles that they were brought in here to play. DiVincenzo and Ananobi are starting on the wings. Randall does what he does. Bogdanovich and Burks come in off the bench and provide offense. Josh Hart continues to do what he's always done off the bench. Let's see what this Knicks team looks like when everybody is together. We haven't seen it yet, and hopefully those days are not too far in the distant future. All right, we're just getting started here on Barton Hahn. Uh, we've got a lot to do today. We'll get into some of the baseball. Full teams have reported to spring training. We'll hear from Juan Soto from Tampa in pinstripes. Uh, Bart, your boy, Mr. T, Mike Tannenbaum, at it again with some... Yeah, bro, I don't know, like every day. Like, thank you, Mike T, for content. Thank, thank you. He thank is a you. content machine. He's got, uh, he's got the he's answers the New York Cent- for the New York football too. giants. Yeah, New York-centric, too. I love, I love it. Thank you very much for that. We'll uh, get into that. And, of course, your calls at 1-800-919-3776. Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.
It's Barton Hahn on 987 ESPN New York. This portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. What do we got tonight? We got Rangers tonight. Rangers back at Madison Square Garden to take on the Dallas Stars, one of the top teams in the Western Conference. Uh, we'll have pregame coverage beginning at 6.30. I'll be on the pregame for that tonight. Don LaGreca and Dave Maloney with the call. Can't wait! 1-800-919-3776. One more point about the Knicks and where they stand in the standings. It's important to me uh, to get into that 2-3 matchup. I think it's only important to get all the way up to number two if the Bucks are the other team in the 2-3. I don't, if the Knicks end up facing the Cavs in the second round of the playoffs, I don't care who has home court advantage. I'm your daddy. We saw that who's movie last yeah, spring. We daddy? saw that movie earlier this season. I know Cleveland did come into the Garden earlier and beat the Knicks. They play next weekend out in Cleveland. Again. The Cavs have played really well, Bart. They yeah. went on that 17-1 stretch. When you have a second, and I went through this on my show on Monday, on Sunday. When you have a second, go through and see the teams they beat when they went 17-1. They beat the Nets a couple of times. I think they beat Washington three times in there. They beat San Antonio. Look, 17-1 is 17-1. You still got to win the games. It was a pretty soft yeah. portion of the schedule that they took advantage of. I do think if the Knicks face the Bucks. It's in the Knicks' best interest to have home court advantage. Milwaukee's a very, very good team on its home floor. Yeah, you you know about that star power. You know, Dame Dame has been struggling of late. Uh, I, I would anticipate that they attack him on the on the offensive side of the ball to, to you know to make him play defense. But who knows? Like he just came off of an MVP for the All Star game. He also just came off a three point. That that's that could have been enough to get him going. Right, and you hope that you know Dame Dollar. And sometimes when you have these older guys, they they ratchet up just a little bit when they understand like it's it's go time. And you know you hope it ain't Dame time because that 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 bowls badly for everybody in the Eastern Conference. Can I can I make a point about Dame time? Yeah. Um, and this you know I may have to eat these words come spring, but this weekend to me was a Dame special. He wins the three-point contest yeah. that did not include the greatest shooter of all time because he was actually participating in a different three-point contest. And then the next night, he goes out and wins the MVP in the least competitive All-Star game that we've ever seen <laughs> because he was hunting the most valuable player from the beginning. And his head coach, who could, just took over yeah. his team, yeah. is the head coach of the Eastern Conference All-Stars and is trying to curry favor with Dame. So he left him out there longer than everyone and allowed him to take more shots. Dame time... Dame time stems from he's the only guy ever to hit two buzzer beaters to end playoff series in NBA history. I just want to point out that in classic Damian Lillard fashion, both of those playoff series that were won at the buzzer took place in the first round of the playoffs. They weren't conference finals. (laughs) They weren't conference semifinals. They weren't NBA finals. They were first round playoff series. One, so, so, one against so your, an aging mellow. So what's your hypothesis? What are we what are we saying? I'm just saying, let's let's keep Dame time in context, all right? I might have to eat those words because he can heat up in a hurry, but you know He can never defend in a hurry though. He can ne- <laughs> <laughs> just think about the guys that he's gonna have to see and he's gonna if, if you if you go in these series, who is he gonna have to check? Right? He's gonna have to check, you know, uh Donathan Mitchell. Yeah. 
They'll, Br- keep, they'll Br- keep him far away from him. Yeah, you're going to have the, uh, Brunson. Yeah, he'll be all over DiVincenzo in that series. They, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not letting him go near <laughs> Brunson. <laughs> hey, but, you know, the thing is, when he's like that, you can get the matchup you want in the pick and roll. Yeah, absolutely. So so they, they, they're they going to search him up. So he can run, but he can't hide. Yeah. Right? And you, you think I'm trying to think of some of the other great guards. That's well, who's going to guard on Boston? He'll be, he'll be guarding Drew Holiday with Boston. Right. Um, but Drew Holiday on the other side going to be locking his ass up. Yep. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like, Dame... Wanted to sit, wanted the stage. He wanted the opportunity. Here you go. Here you go. That's right? it. Here, here you go. Here, here you go, Dame Time. You you wanted the stage, you know, Eastern Conference. Portland wasn't the team that can get it done. Here you are with arguably another top five player, you know, where you're not the best player on the team. And let's see what Dame can do. I mean, because now it's, it's put up a shut up time because we've been talking about and crying for Dame Dollar to get out of Portland. Please leave Portland so you can you can be put in up in, Here you in there are. with the greats. Here you are. Right? And to your point, and, and I'm looking at I'm looking at Cleveland. I put up Cleveland's um next opponents. You know, just, let's see, it gets a little tougher. Orlando. Well, I would hope so. Orlando. <laughs> uh who knows what Philadelphia is without Embiid. Um uh, they got Dallas. Uh they got the Knicks. They got Boston. They got Minnesota. They got Phoenix. You know, they got Indiana. New Orleans. New Orleans. Oh yeah, I forgot. New Orleans, New Orleans is yeah. playing well. They're good. You know yep. yep. So, so, so we'll see what they're all yes. about. So, if if I'm the Knicks, I'm saying, okay, well, maybe we can catch these guys in short order, especially because we get to play them as well. So, it's going to be interesting. Sunday, March third, Knicks in Cleveland, a seven o'clock game. Uh, let me just punctuate my Dane point with with one more pile on here. He went to the conference finals once in his career. It was 2019 because of a quirk in the regular season schedule. The best two teams that year were the Warriors and the Rockets. They happened to meet because the Rockets lost a game at the end of the season and fell to like the fourth seed. Warriors and Rockets, the two best teams in the West, Played met in the second round. Yeah. Warriors advanced. They then was that swept. The Chris Paul, was that the Chris Paul hammy game? Yeah, uh, it, I think the Chris Paul hammy game was the year before. This was the year that KD was hurt, ah. and they still beat the Rockets in the second round. And then Dame and the Blazers got swept by the Warriors, who did not have Kevin Durant. I'm just saying. Uh, let's get a call in here, 1-800-919-3776. Let's uh, say hello to Tessa and Wes Caldwell. Hey, Tessa. Hey, guys. Um, yesterday I got caught up at work, so I couldn't call. I'm going to be really honest with you. I was so disgusted by that All-Star game. Like, I was disgusted. And, you know, I heard what Dame and what LeBron said. Well, you know, it got to be some type of way that, you know, we could um, – no, we're not going to do what they did with the Winter Championship game, da 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 like, they're going to pay you guys. No, you guys get paid enough. I'm not saying they need to be out there getting hurt. Of course, you don't want that. But they need to be doing more than that. People paid a lot of money to come out there. I was considering going to the All-Star game, and I realized, like, yeah, right, why? It's going to be trash. But they need to do a lot better than that. That was totally insane, and you are correct. It was all about Dane. They kept talking about, oh, his first start, blah, 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 blah. It was all about him to the point where I was getting a little sickening. And I do agree with you. I do feel like, you know, now is the time. If he doesn't show up when he's supposed to, it it, it, it wasn't – I'm not going to say it wasn't Portland's fault, but we all get to see that, you know, you're not that man. It's not your time. Put it that way. So I was just disgusted. Bar, I was literally disgusted. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it, it, they made a mockery of the game, right? And it wasn't even competitive. Like, like um, I think Kobe once said, "You see guys play harder at UCLA pickup games, 
right? Like, guys play harder at pickup games. So if you can play hard during pickup games, why can't you play hard? Yeah, you could get hurt there. Yeah, you, you don't have to play. Like, nobody's going to challenge you at the basket, but you can stay in front of people, right? You, you, you can stay in front of people, try and take the ball from them, you know, all that type of stuff, trap guys. It's like, and, and I also have to put that on the coaches, too. Because the coaches, you know, I understand like coaches don't want to be responsible for overplaying other players, you know, team, uh, you know, team's best players, and say, hey, man, you out there running my player and all that stuff. Yeah, that was crazy, man. I'm sorry, I, I get distracted by the by the by the malice in the palace. I don't know what you want to call it, the malice in the palace, but you know, college football had a hell of a oh yeah, uh, in the Southland basketball, Conference basketball. Yeah, last yeah, night, yeah, 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 it was yeah. a Texas A&M Commerce and. Um, Incarnate Word. Yeah, yeah, it, it got real, but I'm sorry, I, you know, I got ADHD. I just, I just sometimes, just, sometimes you got in the handshake it. line. Yeah, sometimes you got to turn the TVs <laughs> off. But, uh, but the thing is, like, they could have did better, man. And like Adam Silver expressed it, you can hear it all in his voice. And I don't know if if this one of those things where Adam Silver calls like the the uh, gatekeepers to the game, like, yo, man, we what 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 are we doing, man? Like, it, it's got to be a conversation had. Where they can be able to go to their TV partners and say, "Listen, I promise it won't be like this next year." How can you make that promise? Because you got to go to the to the to the founding fathers. You got to go to the brick brick. You got to go to uh, you got to go to Steph. You got to go to Kawhi. You got to go to guys. Say, hey man, we need you guys, man. Like we gonna get this money. We need to be able to get these guys some insurances that the game will be played at a more competitive rate. And who cares, man? Like. If it's the young guys, you play the young guys, you let them to compete. You can you can let the older guys, the guys that's banged up, stay out. But play the young guys. He, clearly, Carl Anthony Towns was trying to get the. Uh, oh, he was trying to. He was hoping. Yep. He was, he was shooting everything. He was just having fun. The game was yeah. over. He's like, you know what? This game's over. I'm going yeah. to get fifty. He went fifty. Yeah. He. I mean, you got to think how he was going to the basket, trying to get. You know, when nobody gonna stand in front of his big ass, like going coast to coast, trying to get easy layups and dunks. You know, he was actively trying to go get it. Here's the thing. There there I don't need to see Pete Rose running into Ray Fossey covering home plate in an all-star game and barreling him into him like it's game seven of the World Series. I don't need that level of intensity. All right. I need somebody to, like you said, stand in front of the guy with the ball instead of giving him a red carpet right to the basket. There's a happy medium between going all out like it's game seven of a playoff series and the crap that we saw on Okay. Sunday. Okay, let, let, let's 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 get let's give the NBA a pass. Let's act like for just a second we didn't see what we saw on Sunday. And I want us to ask ourselves, out of all the four major sports, let's power rank the All Star games for all four sports from most exciting to worst weekend in professional sports weekend. Yeah, or, or whatever whatever it is, the weekend. Whether you talk about the ML, MLB, talk about NHL. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's think about that. Let's take a break. Let's think about that. Power rank what weekend for an all-star game provides the most entertainment because I do think that this has changed in recent years. Um, your thoughts on this uh, as well, 1-800-919-3776. It's Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, this portion of Barton Han is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Pat O'Keefe in for Alan, who's off this week. Bart Scott is here. So trying to, you know, Figure out how to fix if it's possible NBA All Star Weekend, and you know the the larger conversation Bart is that the All Star experience, which is supposed to be largely about the fans, which you know is kind of the reason why um, that the salaries are what they are because the fan interest leads to greater ratings and interest, which leads to more lucrative contracts, which leads to uh, larger salaries, and uh, unfortunately that part of it is across the board severely lacking. So your question, which of the the four all-star weekends, just in terms of an entertainment experience, how would you rank those four? Where would you start? I probably, listen, may not be popular, but I don't know. It's, it's either between the NHL okay. or it's again, or for me, it's MLB. Really? The home run derby to me is like exciting. I, I love seeing Vlad and you know uh, Peter Alonzo guys go at it. You know guys come in and they participate. I mean you can go back to Aaron Judge getting in it. Like I would probably say that the home run derby is the best event that kind of that kind of goes. Now, I know I know to me close the NBA three point contest has gotten better, but it was only this year because Sabrina and Steph was in it. You know, with Carl Anthony Towns won it, nobody was really caring about the three-point contest, right? Every once in a while, Dame gets in it, right? I don't know if Dame moves the needle as far as people really wanting to see Dame time. You know, so for me, I like I like the home run derby because just hitting that ball that far, to me, I I would argue that hitting a home run is is harder than hitting than hitting a three-point. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I would say that for me, just in terms of entertainment value. The, the singular all-star event that I like the best is still the three-point shootout, which despite what what we've said, you know, the last two days now um, about the all-star game this year and how terrible it was and non-competitive it was, I begrudgingly have to still put NBA all-star weekend because here's what the NBA does better than the other sports. They market the weekend. All the buildup leading up to NBA All-Star Weekend is actually exciting. There's only 12 roster spots for each All-Star team, so there's a ton of debate as far as who deserves to make the All-Star team and who doesn't. There are um, raises and max extension contracts associated with whether or not you make an All-Star team, so that's also part of it. Um, But once you get to the All-Star festivities outside for me of the three-point shootout 
it's a complete dud. And, and, and as much as I enjoy the three-point shootout, even more than the home run derby, I can't rank NBA All-Star Weekend as my most entertaining All-Star Weekend because the game this year is so god-awful. So, you know, in, in light of that, I've got to put Major League Baseball because the home run derby is pretty good, and at least... The game itself, I think, is the closest yeah. facsimile to an actual Major League Baseball game. I used to love the fact when that the winner was a couple years ago. With the winner of the game actually got to um, have the seventh game. Yep, home in the field World advantage yeah. in the World Series. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, they took that away. Maybe they thought the penalty was too great for that. But I thought that made people play hard and and and, and put strategy within the game. The fact that they know, hey, if I get here, you know, people care. Right, because we get we, we get home field advantage. I thought that was cool. I don't see how you can do that with basketball or some of the other sports, but I thought that was a nice little wrinkle that they had in it. Baseball All-Star Game used to be the best because before interleague play started in 1997, it was the only time where you would see you know, Ken Griffey Jr. of the Seattle Mariners on the same field as Barry Bonds of the San Francisco Giants. It was the only time you got to see, you know, Dwight Gooden face off against Don Mattingly in an All-Star game growing up. Obviously, look, the game has changed. That was 25 years ago. I think a generation ago, the Major League Baseball All-Star game was clearly the best, but that's not that good either. It's almost like, for me, it's an answer by default that the baseball All-Star Weekend is the best experience. Let's go back to the phones, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Jack in Morristown. Jack, what's going on? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, while I agree with you that the um, NBA All-Star game is it's just a complete travesty, I just I don't even participate. I just want to make a point about Dame Lillard, for example. And the NBA has done a horrible job in this. Like we used to discussed earlier, Dame hasn't won anything in Portland, and he has a chance to improve himself in Milwaukee. But if he doesn't, then it's going to kind of find out who he is. But the guy has already been uh, voted top 75 all time, along with James Harden, who's been on like 40 teams. Uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook, who I'm not—I'll give him a pass, but he's been from team to team. But, These yeah. guys are getting rewarded and aren't really competing in at the highest level and committing themselves to the game and the fans. So, so I'll hang up and let you uh, well, respond to that. One thing you can't say about Russell is he don't play hard every time he steps on the court. Agreed. And we, I think Russell gets a bad take because they want to talk about his skill set um, and his inability to shoot like the three. But as far as impact and playing hard and his run of triple doubles, like I don't know, but like he, he deserves that. And you know, James Harden. Hold on, real quick. Let me jump in on Russ. The other thing that's important: he's never asked to be traded. He's right. been tra- he's been on a bunch of teams because he keeps be- he keeps getting traded. He's never asked. Unlike Dame, unlike obviously James Harden. Right. Uh, but even with James Harden, like when James Harden went to Houston, he put that city and that team on his back. Now it's not his fault that at times, like yeah, he, he's come up short. It's because he carries so much. I believe so much of the load during the regular season, and Chris Paul couldn't answer the bell. And, you know, he didn't have his best games at the best times. But, I mean, he could have easily be a three-time MVP. I mean, he was that. I mean, you talk about Steph Curry and his evolution of the game and what he's how he's changed the game and impact on the game, how everybody's taking these threes now, analytics is caught up and all that stuff. James Harden with that sidestep, that, that, that's a big part of the game now. Like, that, that, that's, that's standard operating procedure. Like, he's a guy that changed the game as well. And, you know, he just can't get it done. And at this point, I don't know if he ever will get it done. 
and I, I guess I ask myself, who has more pressure, Kevin Durant, James Harden, or Dame Dollar to win a championship this year? This year. Who is the middle one? Harden? Harden, Kevin Durant. He's, he, he's asked to be traded. Now he's on the team with four yeah. potential Hall of Famers. Well, he, not I mean, to me, four Hall of Famers. To, that's a good question. To me, my answer is Kevin Durant because historically he's a better player than the other two. So I think he has more at stake with his legacy. And he has now, in recent years, asked out of two separate situations. The first one, Golden State. Second one's not his fault, though. I mean, Kyrie, once, once James Harden asked for the trade, what are you going to do? Yeah. He, he told the line. He told the company line. Yeah, well, he has to know. I mean, before and the he season started, told though. the company line. Before the season started, he asked for the head coach and for the general manager to get fired. So he didn't tow the company line completely. Well, he was good with Kenny Atkinson. With, was he? That was that was, that was no. All. He never played for Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, but he came here because he said he. That's he, what he said. That's I Kyrie. don't even know. That, that, I don't even know if he knew who Kenny Atkinson was. That's Kyrie. No, he went. He waxed poetic <laughs> about him watching them play the, and on YouTube. Him. <laughs> yeah, I think before he went, I was there that day during that press conference. I think before he went to the podium, I saw him. I think he turned it over to Kyrie. He goes, yo, what's the head coach's name again? <laughs> I don't think he knew who Kenny Atkinson was. Um, listen, Dur- Durant's biggest crime, if you will, is poor decision making. You know, he asked out of basketball utopia in Golden State to go play with Kyrie Irving and hitch his wagon well, to him. Well, because I think that's because he didn't like the narrative. He was the best team. He was the best player on the he best was. team. And he, he's getting ridiculed for winning two championships in which he carried the team on. Yeah, well, you, you can't have everything. Do you want the chip? Because that's, that's why LeBron won't go to Golden State. Right. That's why that and never happened. And he shouldn't go to Golden State. He's already got four championships. Durant, at least you can make the argument for Durant that he didn't have a championship yet. Four's not six. That's not, but he's not Michael Jordan. If, if Mike, if he wins two more championships, he's still not as good as Michael Jordan in my eyes and many people's eyes. You know, it doesn't have to be in your eyes, but if if he if he if he, if he can say five or six, if he can say five. Five's better than four. Yes. If he can say five, he can say I'm the greatest of all time. No, he, no, he can't. He can say it now if he wants. He does say it There's now. Some people that will agree with. You. Yeah, I know. That, some some people that, agree with it now. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But four and six is a big discrepancy between four and six. Like if if Patrick Mahomes gets six, yeah. You might say, ah, he might be better than Tom Brady. I mean, the world has changed and gotten so soft, Bart, that Patrick Mahomes just got his third, and people are already saying that he's the now GOAT. That, now, that's crazy. Of that, course that's, it's crazy. That's crazy because longevity is the key to all great players. What 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 Mahomes has done in his first six years as a starter— He's made us pay attention. It Well, it's great. It's also what Tom Brady did from, like, the ages of 35 to 41. Right. After he had already had a Hall of Fame career. That's right. that's essentially what Mahomes has done. You can say Brady had two separate Hall of Fame careers. Yes, you can. Because he went 10 years without winning nothing. Mahomes is off to as good a start as we've seen. But it ain't how you start, it's how you finish. Yeah, a long way to go. But I think the guy under the most pressure is Kevin Durant because he he's the only one of those three guys that you mentioned who, when it's all said and done, could legitimately be thought of as a top 10, top 15 player of all time. But here here's the crazy thing, though, right? Uh he probably has the least chance to do it. You would say that Milwaukee has a better chance coming out of the East, and you can probably say the Clippers, I think the Clippers, the Clippers have, the have a better chance. chance. Right, better chance. That's what I'm saying. So I know. Kevin Durant's under the most pressure, but he has the least likely path yeah. to do that. Uh, I think we have a different conversation as well. 
about Kawhi Leonard if he's able to put Canada on his back and win one, mm-hmm. the lonely Clippers and win one. Mm-hmm. I think we have to start having different conversations if Kawhi wins one this year. If he if he does, and assuming he would be the most valuable player of the finals, he would only be the second person to ever win NBA Finals MVP with three different franchises. LeBron James right now is the only one to do that. And Kawhi Leonard, we thought, was on pace to do that in 2020. But two years in injuries. Right, but his first year, when they ended up in the bubble, and they had that 3-1 lead over Denver, yeah. and then they fl- you know, ev- then, everybody was geared up. It was supposed to pandemic, be the Clippers pan, and the pan, Lakers. Pandemic P Pandemic P. <laughs> <laughs> he did. All right, 1-800-919-3776. Um, the conversation, largely basketball so far. We're going to talk some baseball as well and get into some, uh, some football offseason talk, some more... Do we call them fake trades? Do we call them mock trades? Whatever they are, Mike Tannenbaum is the gift that keeps on giving on ESPN this week. It's Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.